I'm Romy Newman, the co-founder and president of Fairy God Boss, and this is Fairy God Boss Radio. Today, I'm so excited to be joined by Kenzie Ferguson, who's the vice president in foundation and corporate and social responsibility at Delta Dental. Kenzie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rami. And I'm such a big fan of your podcast. Love it. So excited to have you here. Tell us about you. Tell us about how you got your career start. Sure. Whenever I tell this story, I always feel like it was such a circuitous route to getting to corporate responsibility. But I actually studied Russian studies. Yeah. But what happened was when I graduated, yeah, not a lot of roles for people with Russian studies majors. So um, just so happened that my brother and I bought a house in Palo Alto back in the day when you could, and we renovated it. So one of the things I did was I was kind of like a general contractor and I, I, I threw myself into this because my brother said, you know what, Kenzie, you can do this. You've got skills, you understand stuff. We got a book from the library. I mean, it sounds really ridiculous, but now I know how to do plumbing and carpentry and demos and all of this stuff. And I I brought in all of these contractors to work on this really 1902 house. I would think I might've been 21 at the time. And I also went to one of the Russian stores in Palo Alto. And so we got surprisingly PhDs in mathematics and engineers that come and be day workers on my uh, house there. But it was kind of threw myself into something a bit crazy. Now, I mean, that was a bit of a nut start to my career. We sold the house and I ended up working at a startup back in the day, Silicon Valley startup. And then the first dot-com bubble burst. And I went to get an MBA. And after my MBA, I came back in. And I think that is really where I'd say my real professional corporate job really started. It's a really unusual foundation to bring to bear, right? First of all, you could swing a sledgehammer. Yes, and do that. (laughs) And you figured out that you may not know how to do something, but there's a book in the library that can teach you how to do it. A lot of good life lessons in all that. Absolutely. I think, and, and then managing my own contractors. It was crazy to think back on it, but it's my own money. So, you know, we were sitting there with all of our savings and everything we had into this old house and we're hoping to rent out rooms and make the mortgage payment at one point. And uh, it's a little bit scary, but great life lessons being able to lead people without really knowing what to do. But, you know, I, I learned, I learned. So then you traded all that in for a much more boring corporate America path. (laughs) Tell us about that. I uh, went and worked for an electronic component manufacturer and I was in marketing communications fresh out of MBA. You know, a lot of the time I was the only non-engineer and I had to translate to layman speak because I was doing lots of the communication, but I was also the only woman there for a lot of the time on the younger side too. So that was kind of where I I cut my teeth on corporate America, loved it, loved working with engineers, loved the experience and loved the opportunities that I was presented with through that. I was there for 10 years. Wow. That is a long time to stay. Yeah. (laughs) These days. Yes. And then I moved from that role and actually they wanted me to move to Washington DC and just couldn't at the time. So I ended up going to travel, a little bit of travel. And then I started, um, studied Arabic 
so I'm a lover of languages, in North Africa and worked for some nonprofits. And then through that process, I started my PhD. And lo and behold, when I write, you know, a year into my PhD program, I was tapped by Delta Dental to come back to the U.S. and lead up their corporate social responsibility program in the foundation, which was a great choice. But I thought, wow, I've got at least one more corporate job into me before I finish that PhD. I love it. You've had some really unconventional experience. I'd be interested to hear more about what made you stay in the marketing communications role for 10 years. You traveled around, you tried lots of different things, and then obviously something really gelled. What was it that connected to to that job? Yeah, it's interesting because when I first started there, actually living overseas, I got my MBA in the Netherlands, came back to the US and I kind of felt like these aren't really my people. These are all engineers. They're all older. There's not a lot of innovation or cutting edge sort of startup stuff. But what did happen is I progressively things opened up kind of right at the right time. Um, I moved into leading a small business unit from the marketing communications, and then I moved up into corporate communications. We actually spun off. It was Tyco Electronics. We spun off from Tyco International, but we then were a separate company and, and branded ourselves as TE Connectivity. And that, it seemed like every two years, two to three years, something really interesting was happening. I'm like, ah, okay, this is really interesting. And The one thing that really was a pivotal moment was I was tapped to develop the corporate responsibility department Mm. uh, because we spun off at Tiger International and we had to rebuild a lot of different things. And the general counsel was my coach behind me telling me, you know, I had no idea what corporate social responsibility was or carbon disclosure projects or, you know, any of this. And he was behind me and, you know, like I did with the building an old house and Palo Alto, I read books. I asked, went to the library. <laughs> I went to the library. You know, I mean, I didn't know much about it, but the thing was, nobody else in the company really knew much about it either. So yeah. that was an incredible experience. And that kept me going for, yes, a decade of my life and, and loved the company. That's experience. fantastic. Fantastic. And obviously, you sort of found your calling, even though as a Russian studies major, you maybe didn't know that corporate social responsibility was where you would be going. Absolutely not. I often thought that I would be, I don't know, work in the State Department, be a spy, too many James Bond movies when I was a kid with my father. (laughs) But it's interesting how things start to open up. And if you lean into things, hate to use that word so much, but if you get curious and find opportunities and like, wow, that sounds interesting. Well, I don't know anything about it, but let me figure out what that is all about. I love it. Just follow the trails that are drawing you in, that are attracting you. And there's more there. You mentioned you were working with engineers and in these very staid cultures. What was it like to be a woman? Were you aware of, of your gender? And do you think it played a role? You know, I've thought about this a lot because I was the only woman at the 11th person startup when I was there. Um, I was most of the time the only non-engineer at the electronics company. And I guess I've adapted. Being around all men, there's a lot of joking and teasing, and that's how the bonding happens. And I was brought up by my father and my brother, so I was sort of used to that, and I could roll with it. But when I take a step back and thinking back on it, I think, you know... Not, a lot of that was not very cool. There was a lot that was, people would say really shocking things thinking back on it now, but I would roll with it and I kind of put up with it. I was young. I was not an engineer. I wasn't part of the, the crowd, but I think 
now that I'm in a leadership role, I, I can create my own culture and it doesn't necessarily have to be like that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So you talked a little bit about this lawyer who helped kind of put you into the corporate social responsibility role. Sounds like he was a sponsor. How did you go about finding sponsors and who helped you along the way? Yeah, I love the word sponsor because I didn't know the difference between sponsor and mentor, to be honest. But when we spun off and a new woman, a senior vice president came in to lead up marketing and, and communications. And I um, I was like, wowed by her. I'm like, wow, she's in the role that I'd like to have. And just seeing a woman in, in the leadership of the company was so inspiring. So I met her a couple of times. And on one occasion, I asked her, just kind of blurted out, I didn't know what I was doing. I said, Joan, would you ever consider being my mentor? I didn't know what a mentor was or anything. And she's, she's like, looked at me and she's like, yeah, I'll do that with you, Kenzie. And I'm like, oh my God, what have I done? So I immediately went back and you know got some books, <laughs> how to develop a mentoring program. And really I did my homework on what I wanted to get out of it, how often we would meet, what I wanted from her, and really importantly, what I could give to her. And really being at one of the smaller business units, I could give her sort of thoughts on what's going on in the company on this side. And so that was an incredible experience. She, when there was a job opening in corporate communications, my name came up. And she told me this later. She said the person that was hiring had said, oh, I've got a person of mine. And my mentor said, I had a person of mine. Well, who, you know, and then it was the same person. It was me, which was really incredible. But that got me into the corporate communications. I think at that point, I, I guess, attracted the attention of others' leaders in the company. And that's when the role for leading up the corporate social responsibility department came up. I threw my hat in the ring. It was thrown in there actually for me. I asked to throw it in there. I was up against at least five other people that were much more senior than me. But that's when the general counsel got behind me and and said, you know, you can do this. I have complete confidence in you. And, and he was that coach in my corner. Yeah. And I sounds like he helped you and others build that reputation that matters so much, build that personal brand that helped you get recognized even when you were not in the room. Indeed. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's the thing is you can find mentors anywhere. Mentors could be best friends. They could be, you know, people that you can work with. They don't have to be necessarily senior, but sponsors being a sponsor is not as difficult as I I realize now, but it's really just bringing up a person's name when an opportunity comes up. That is incredible when you can put forward someone who you see something in. And that's what happened for me a few times kind of helps combat that imposter syndrome (laughs) and like, yeah, if they think I can do it, I can do it. For sure. And also feels like it's probably more important, whether you're a sponsor or even a peer in the virtual working world, right? Because just so much work is harder to see. It's less visible. So uh, cheering on our colleagues or bringing up their names when they've done a good job helps everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Kenzie, Tell us about a mistake you've made and what did you learn from it? You know, one of the things that when I was working with nonprofits and started before I started my PhD, I'll be completely open and honest here. I was looking to try and come back to the U.S. My father was not doing very well. I was scrambling and applying for jobs left and right 
almost frantically. And I remember, I think the biggest mistake is that I applied for jobs that really were not at my level. I applied for anything that I could get. I applied for roles that I thought, oh, I'll be a shoe in. This will be great. I'll get a job. I can move back to the US and kind of help my father out. But I'd go into these interviews and I just, every time I, people would ask, well, what part of this corporate responsibility report did you work on? And I'm like, I built the whole department. I, <laughs> so I was interviewing for jobs that were two or three levels down. And this was so frustrating to me. I didn't get any of the jobs, luckily. Uh, that was a mistake almost, you know, I could have made, but I, I think it just hurt my feeling of who I was and what I was good at, really was a blow to my self-esteem and just felt like, wow, I am hitting my head against the wall for jobs that are really below me. So I think that was the mistake I did is that I felt like I should try for jobs that really weren't a right fit. And it put me into this real frustration. But luckily I stepped back from that all. And I said, this is not working. And I thought, what is it that I really want to do? And learning and education is always something that spurs me. I, I find very exciting. And when I was living in North Africa, I looked at, I could do teaching and other things like that. So that's why I started the PhD program. It's actually based in Paris, but you know, it's all around the world. I went to South Africa for that, but it, it is definitely something that I'm like, you know what, this route, I hit in the brick wall. Why don't I step back and look where I can go? And that's when I started the PhD program. I love it. And also I do have to say, Kenzie, it's so abundantly clear how much you love traveling, right? And exploring different parts of the world. I really admire that you haven't sacrificed that. You've been able to make it work with your career and make it a part of your career story instead of a vacation or something that you're doing on the side. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I think that I prefer living in a place and understanding it, kind of letting it seep into me than just going and visiting. That's just my style. So how do you think about work-life balance for yourself, for people who work for you? How do you think we can manage better? One of the things that I've noticed that I do is I put myself out there. I have a lot of high expectations of myself, so counterproductive in some ways that I see that about myself. And I'll often say yes to too many things because I'm so excited about so many different opportunities. I do know how that goes. Yeah. I'm learning to let go and be okay with saying no or being okay with not doing as much as I thought I should be doing. And when it comes to people that work for me, I think I'm much more lenient than I am with myself. I am always encouraging people and really asking, being getting curious with what's happening, you know, if they're running up against things and I'm just more lenient with them to kind of understand what's going on and cut them some opportunities where they can figure out how to solve the problem without running up against brick walls. Love it. So useful to have a manager who supports that and role models it. So that's important too. All right, moving to our fun questions. Are you ready? Okay, yeah. Kenzie, what is your favorite karaoke song? I like a, lots of different types of music, but I know that when, <laughs> when you get pushed up there on stage by your colleagues or friends that I found that you want to sing something you know how to sing and it's <laughs> not super hard. You haven't and given this bring- a lot of thought though. Yeah, I have. I have. I get pushed up on stage a lot. They think, oh, yeah, you could do this. I'm like, okay. But also, you know, find a song that people can get into. So 
Piano Man is a oh, good one, but also The Tide is High, you know, by Blondie. Oh, yes. But I think what I've found I've settled into uh, Perhaps by Doris Day. That's kind of like, yeah, that's maybe the third song on the karaoke oh, rock. I me. like it. <laughs> Excellent. I think those are three we have not heard before. So that's great. Um, what is your favorite way to practice self-care? I'm an extrovert trying to learn to be an introvert. And I think you hear a lot more people the other way around. I live alone. And as much as I'd love to spend time with my friends and my pals, they aren't always available. So I'm really learning how to sit with my thoughts, journal, walk, meditate, exercise. So yeah, it's the flip side of it is not having that external stimulation, which I crave to being more centered and sitting with myself. So that's my self-care practice. I love it. And I also, as an extrovert, probably have something to learn on that score. Who is a celebrity you would like to have dinner with? I would love to have dinner with Anthony Bourdain or Mark Twain. The two of them have very common curiosity and a bit of irreverence about the views of their world. They both love to travel and try to understand the world around them. Didn't just sit with the the status quo, but they probe deeper and find out how things worked, what made people tick. And uh, I think that would be really fun to have dinner well with both of them. (laughs) I think that's great. I think it sounds like a fascinating dinner party. (laughs) What's a book you'd recommend to our audience? You know, I was listening to other podcasts and I, the book that I just finished that really made me think through was was cast. And I know other people you've interviewed on these podcasts have said the same thing, but I think it's really powerful book. I've been trying to read up a lot on white fragility and some of the other books around that, but I really liked cast because it gave a historical perspective of where we are today. Yeah. And I, I, agree. I felt it really opened my eyes up to like, huh, around privilege and race and our society and how this is more systematic than we would have ever thought and not something that we're going to be able to just fix. I I 100% agree. Cast changed my views about many things. I found it to be very eye-opening and I'm really glad that I read it and recommend it too. All right, Kenzie, here's the hard part. So at Fairy God Boss, we have a tradition and it goes like this. We talked a little bit about imposter syndrome. Women are not good at taking credit for our own achievements. We're not good at talking about what we do well. And if we can talk more about what we do well, other people are going to know. So I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you to brag about you, your achievements, your work. I love this question because this is one of the things when I mentor and talk to women, I say, you know, talk about yourself as if your best friend's talking about you. Yeah. Yeah. Because that just, it opens it up. It's like, oh yeah. I mean, you could brag about your best friend till all day tomorrow into next week because you you see so much beauty and, and power in, in your friends. So I switch it around. I will take on that. Uh, turns out I am a really good leader. And I really, I didn't know it when I moved into leadership roles uh, that I was, because I always had this image of you had to be kind of a hard ass to get in there and, you know, tell people to do this or do that. But I think the one of the best compliments I ever got was I have a Tom Sawyer leadership where 
I make things feel so fun and get everyone around me excited about what we're doing. And it's much like whitewashing the fence, Tom Sawyer. And that that definitely is something that I feel like I'm inclusive, try and include and find out how people tick and, and get them involved, even if, you know, people may not like them. <laughs> I also, one of my core values, I guess, is fun. Uh, I like to have fun. I like to do things. Everybody likes to do things that that they find interesting. And if you're doing something that maybe isn't all that much fun, I try and make it fun. Yeah, I think that sounds perfect. That (laughs) sounds fantastic. I love it. And two Mark Twain references. I know, I know. I didn't realize, I I guess I I just reread Roughing It by Mark Twain. And I, I love that book. There you go. So Kenzie, to close, I'd love to ask you to kind of consolidate and think about what is the one piece of career advice you'd like to leave our audience with? Well, I think as we've discussed, my experience is really taking on stretch assignments and not being afraid of it and being okay with, you don't really have to know what you're doing. (laughs) I mean, which is funny to say, but I think that you can lean on your strengths so understand your strengths yeah. and what you're good at, but you can figure out from books, from observing others, really, and very importantly, asking for advice from other people, you know, really getting curious, asking people how they did it, learn to ask the right questions to get people to start to talk about themselves and what they do and how they do it is going to help you learn how to do what you've been tapped to do. And always lean on your your coaches and your your cheerleaders because they think you can do it. So, you know, trust, have trust in them. Yeah, I love it. Well, Kenzie, this has been fantastic. I'd love to hear about your really unusual career journey and how you've been able to integrate your passions, your interests into your work. Uh, and I think sounds like you are a great leader and a lot of lucky people working for you. So thank you for sharing your expertise with us today. Thanks for joining us today on Fairy Godboss Radio. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and visit us at fairygodboss.com. See you next time.